and welcome to Way Too Seriously, the podcast where we watch kids' movies and then take them way too seriously. I'm Paul Moffat. I'm Jan Moffat. And this week we watched and we'll be talking about Smallfoot. Jan, do you want to tell us a bit about this movie? I sure do. Smallfoot is a 2018 movie. It was uh, written by Sergio Pablos and Kirkpatrick, also directed by Carrie Kirkpatrick. It stars the voices of Channing Tatum, James Corden, Zendaya, Common, LeBron James, Gina Rodriguez, Danny DeVito, among many others. It is produced by Warner Animation Studios. Paul? Would you like to tell us a bit about the plot of Smallfoot? Migo is a yeti who lives in an idyllic yeti village on the top of a very tall mountain. He has never questioned his existence or his obedience to the stone laws that determine yeti society until he accidentally falls outside the village, meets a mythical Smallfoot, and goes on a quest to learn more. He befriends a smallfoot, but in the process discovers that the laws that protect the society are actually lies written to protect yetis from the monstrous and violent humans who will destroy them. The yetis and the humans end up making peace at the very end, and I guess everyone knows about yetis now? The end. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the story. You don't remember when yetis came out, out of the mountains and we all became friends? I don't. That let's, was, you know, that was a couple of weeks ago. Let's hold off on this because <laughs> I want to say more about this. All right. Um, so first, let's start off with objectively. How good of a job do you think they made did doing this movie? I think they did a pretty good job. I think the premise is great. Mm-hmm. I think the writing is pretty good all around. Mm-hmm. There were parts that were funny. Yep. Um, both visual gags and uh, like one-liners and stuff. It was. It had funny humor in it. I thought the performances were fine. I didn't actually think the performances were outstanding, but I don't have really a complaint about them. I just found them a little bit uh neutral hmm. um and same with the songs i thought the only song that i really liked was the stonekeepers like rap about uh the the history of yetis oh really my favorite song was the very first one that he sang all about the town well get i don't know I thought, I, mean, I thought that one was better. I thought the rap went on a little, little bit too long. The rap one did go on a little too long. Uh, that one, first one, went on a little long, I think. And mm. also, like, your opinion of the song uh, may vary. Your mileage may vary. But I think pretty objectively, there was something weird going on with the song. Like, his singing voice sounded different from his talking voice enough that it took me a second to realize that the character was singing Mm. and i don't know if that's like just his singing voice sounds different or there was something weird with the mixing Mm. 
Or both? When I looked up this movie on Wikipedia, I noticed that apparently this movie was made entirely without the songs, and the songs were a last-minute addition. And I think Mm. even objectively looking at it, you can tell. They just didn't quite fit with the mood of the movie. Yeah. They were... They had transition problems. They dragged a bit. I thought they were fun. I think they were fun songs, but... Yeah, there was a there was a bit of a grading there, and I reading that they didn't originally have this as a musical makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm not sure it works as one. I agree, and in this case, it's not actually so much maybe that I didn't like the songs as songs that just like totally what you say they didn't integrate with the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. and that's why I didn't I didn't uh, this isn't. Maybe I won't say that. I'll hold off for a second. Um, you say the performances were meh. I think, I don't know. I liked them. I think Channing Tatum did a great job. I think he was really interesting. And James Corden was hilarious. And I think that, yeah, I think James Corden did a fantastic job in this movie. I disagree that he's not. <laughs> I think objectively he's good and funny and on. Okay. I think the plot definitely um, had a bit of weird, some weird twists and turns that I think we'll get into a little more, but I Mm -hmm. thought it was fun. And I think that uh, it didn't get the attention it deserved. I definitely didn't hear very much about this movie. I saw trailers leading up to it, but it didn't get a lot of hype in theaters. Yeah. And I'm a little disappointed in that because I think this is a well done movie. I think I wish it would have gotten a little bit more press it was like yeah i agree with that actually the story had some turns i thought they were mostly on one hand i thought they were mostly predictable and i kind of saw where the movie was going every step of the way but on Mm -hmm. the other hand it was pretty uh i i think they were mostly earned Mm -hmm. um a little bit of a up and down on that And we didn't. We haven't mentioned the animation. Yes, which I thought was good. Yeah, I liked the style. The, it reminded um, me of Hotel Transylvania. Yes, especially the humans. Mm-hmm. I the Yetis. Um, I liked the concept. I liked the design on them. I liked the way they looked. Uh, each one looked different. It was easy to tell them apart. They did a good mm-hmm. job with making them different sizes, different colors, different shapes. And to really distinguish between them, but they all had the same Yeti-ish look to them. Absolutely true. And I think that was a really good choice. It's a thing that uh, I heard, I heard actually from comic book writer Kurt Busiek, but he didn't invent this maxim, that when you're doing character design, you should have characters who are instantly recognizable in profile without any color. Hmm. I think they actually did. I think yeah. all the main yetis, if you just had their outline, you'd be able to tell one from the other. And then you add the extra details and it just makes it even easier and be- and adds more interest. But like, there was a strong design. Mm-hmm. So, non-objectively, how much did you enjoy this movie? Did you like it? Did you not like it? You re- I, no, I didn't like it that much. Huh. I know I could tell at the end of the movie, I was like, this was really good. And you were like, silence. <laughs> I think I can recognize objectively a number of things that they did well, but it just didn't connect with me. Hmm. 
in terms of my enjoyment without a really strong reason why I was a little bored by this movie. Hmm. I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was fun and funny and a lot of points made me laugh. Especially, there's a lot of slapstick and maybe I was just in the mood for slapstick today so that might be a thing. But like the he's going across the bridge and then the bridge falls apart and then he pulls on the strings and then like the rocks smash together <laughs> and things like that. That was the... one of the strongest sequences in the movie. Yeah. I think. That whole part when he's falling and then, yeah, a number of uh, implausible uh, cartoon physics slapstick gags happen one after another. I thought that was really strong. It reminded me of like a Roadrunner cartoon in a good way. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I was a little, maybe I was a little disappointed that that didn't really keep up. Mm. There were a few yeah. moments, like there was the shot of when the Yetis are all running around in the city and then it looks like Pac-Man. That yeah. was very funny. Yeah. Um, I like the way they did that because it didn't drag. They just mm-hmm. showed it briefly from above. They were like, it looked like Pac-Man and they didn't go back to that. And I thought that was clever. They didn't try and drag out that joke forever. Yeah. And absolutely a weaker movie would have made that a long running gag and yeah. we would have all been tired of it. Yeah, exactly. But maybe that's part of why I didn't enjoy it as much as I might have is that I had a moment early in the movie where I was like, oh, it's like a Warner Brothers slapstick. And then it wasn't mm. again. Yeah. And that was like a moment where I had had been a little bored by the movie. And then I was like, oh, okay, I see what they're going for. And then they weren't. And no. I, I don't think I registered exactly that like, oh, no, they're not going for this. But it was like, oh. That's where you got bored <laughs> with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, it's not like the greatest movie I would ever go see, but I think it's good. I think it's fun. And I enjoyed uh, the interactions between the human and the and the yetis and how they can't understand each other. And so they show what each are hearing from their perspective, whether it's roars or whether it's the like, me, me, me. Yeah, that was and that really was great. a really clever way of doing it. Agreed. That was a lot of fun. So I'm sure we have more serious things to say. So let's get into the way, way, way too serious portion of our show. All right, let's. You were making faces during the movie. Do you have some place you want to start? Well, definitely it makes, it has a lot to say about religion. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure what it thought it was saying, or what it didn't think it was saying, or something. <laughs> That's where it lost me with the writing. Is it felt like a fairly good story, except that like it seems like it's trying to be a metaphor yeah. for religion and failing and being really weird about it. Like it's like they believe in something because it's written down and then they discover that if one part is of the written down thing is wrong then all parts of the written down thing are wrong except not except that it's all just lies that were told to them to keep them safe and when they tell them all the truth they're all fine and when they mm-hmm. show them the real rocks that tell the real story then they believe that instead and like what are you tr- exactly are you getting at here I agree. I think the central, it was like they had the idea to like 
I think, actually, I think they had the premise of what if Yetis were scared of humans, which is a strong premise for the movie. And then yes. they tried to add some like metaphorical depth and it they just hadn't... I agree. They just weren't clear on what they were trying to say there. Mm-hmm. And like, I always get my back up a little bit when we have like a straw man, a takedown of a straw man version of religion. Mm-hmm. I roll my eyes and I'm like, you know, because there are real critiques to make, but anything, any straw man argument in a kid's movie that like, if it's written on the, if it's written in our holy rocks, we believe it unquestionably, and it every single person agrees it and n- believes it and never questions it in any way and any small, you know, like yeah. okay, I get what you're saying, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, and then it was like yeah, I'm kind of rehashing what you said, but it was like even weaker than that because they didn't even commit to that straw man argument they Mm -hmm. ended up with a muddy argument yeah exactly yeah so i feel like yeah they just didn't it almost was a metaphor and then it really wasn't and it just like i don't know what they were trying to say i think basically they weren't trying to say anything yeah in the end like the strongest moment if they, they would need to have fixed things both before and after it, but the strongest, I think, moment for the metaphor or for the, like, complicating the thing is where, like, like, it seems like the Stonekeeper is this uh, benevolent giver of law, and then it seems like he's this malevolent uh, liar, and then the good moment I'm talking about is he kind of reveals that, like, the lies are all in what he believes is the best interest of the people, and they make him fairly sympathetic again. Mm-hmm. Well, so, so none of those stones are true. They're all lies. Good lies to protect our world. But they need to know the truth. Oh, do they? You feel emboldened by your noble quest to find the truth. I chalk it up to the naive innocence of youth. So let me share a secret that you'll learn as you grow older. What's true or not true is in the eye of the beholder. I thought that could have been really good. It was just weakened by, like, it ended up playing more like his character was inconsistent than it was complex. Yeah, absolutely. But I kind of liked the idea in that moment of, like, the laws are our lies, but they're genuinely meant to try to protect people. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting thought for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> so do we want to talk about the ending? What do you want to say movie? about the ending? Where the yetis come down the mountain, and there's police in riot gear, and then Percy crosses the line, goes between the humans and their riot gear and the yetis and goes on the yeti side and then one by one kind of everyone starts to come over except it's not really one by one it's fairly quickly yeah um it's sweet it's meant to be like these this joining of the two things and like we'll get to know the yetis but the yetis weren't wrong we saw we've seen no evidence that humans will accept them at all other than one human did, or one human ended up liking them. So yeah. I just, it's a little 
I, I was really surprised when they went down to the village. Agreed. I really thought that it was going to end with them on the cliff, looking down, seeing the world for the first time, but not really ready yet to go and interact with humans. Or even if it had ended with like, well, I guess now we have a choice. Credits. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. leave it ambiguous that like, well, do they stay up or do they go down? I don't know, kids. What do you think? You know, like... And like... But no, it was go down. And when I was talking about, sorry, the moment when Stonekeeper ended up being sympathetic, there was that moment where he was like, but Percy's good and nice. And Stonekeeper was like, the first time you met him, what did he do? And uh, Miko remembers that he threw things at him and tried to shoot him. Mm -hmm. And you're like, right. (laughs) That never like he ended up i guess being friends with them and shooting him to save him that was a little bit how did that save him yeah but fine okay i'll accept maybe we need to elaborate on that point but you're right there the humans aren't wrong in the context of this movie And bringing knowledge from outside the movie in, it's like there's a difference between a hopeful ending and a uh, blindly uh, naive ending. Yes, exactly. And the whole thing about the Yetis were that they were naive. Yeah. They had no idea life beyond their little mountain thing. And then in a day, they... Find out that there's life beyond it. Accept that. Go down the mountain. Meet with the humans. It's just like, it's too much. And it's too naive to say that that would work at all. Yep. And I mean, I know that they want to be like happy, feely, lovey-dovey kids movie, but that's not what you've shown us all along. Yeah. The other thing related to that in the context of the ending is the ending narration has him be like, uh, knowing the truth is better than living a lie. Way better. We haven't actually seen that. Mm-hmm. Like, we haven't seen any way I think it is possible to show that, but they didn't. And the last time we saw it, like, his dad was sad that he wasn't the gong person anymore. Yeah. And there was no resolution to that whatsoever. It was just like, oh, well... You found out that it was that you didn't have to be ringing a gong all these years. Yep. Shrug. And then they just tell us that it's better to know the truth than to live in ignorance. But like he has his moment of ignorance is bliss. And then they're just like, but what if it isn't though? The end. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. They exactly. dramatize to us. They, you know, to use cliches of show and tell. But they show us that ignorance is bliss, and mm-hmm. then they tell us that it isn't. Yeah, exactly. And then they have to give a very shallowly naive ending to try to prove the point that they want to be making. Mm-hmm. An implausibly naive point. Actually, yeah, I'm talking myself into saying the actual moral of this story is that ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't want that to be the moral of the story, but that's the moral of the story that they ended up telling. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Moving on to a little bit of meta information, something we often comment on in this show is people of color, both in front of and behind the camera. 
Mm-hmm. Um, voice actors we obviously can't see, but there are the there are more actors of color being voice actors in this than not. And it's not the lead, but I mean Zendaya is pretty much a lead. Um, which is our third movie with Zendaya, so I can't say that I don't know who she is anymore. Yeah, I, know, I do definitely. Know. Now we've gone to the point where I'm like, oh, it's our old friend Zendaya. I She's know. in like everything we see. <laughs> she did. She did well in this movie. Well enough. I'm kind of impressed. Not so much with her performance in this movie, but with across the three movies, she's shown some real versatility. Mm-hmm. I don't think that she's a lead character. I think she's the third lead. Yeah, I guess. Behind the first, the two, the human and the main Yeti dude. Yeah. Is she more, I guess, marginally... Does she have more lines and screen time than Percy's producer? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. She's the one who goes down the mountain and gets captured. Right. Anyway, but she's also, <laughs> uh, if we're going to get into that side of it, she's also there to be a romantic interest for our lead, which I don't love. But I feel like she does is a complex character and has her own motivations and has her own likes and dislikes. So that helps. It does. I don't know. I I could have stood to see a lot more of her. Yeah. Really is what yeah, it is. I absolutely. felt like she, as a character, was underserved by mm-hmm. the story that was told. I just feel like in terms of things that we often complain about, this movie didn't have. Like, That's they true. had a group of people. More than one of them were women. She That's wasn't the only true. woman in that group. She wasn't the... She had... Yeah, she had more motivations than just him. Yep. And... Again, agreed. So I just... I liked that they sidestepped a lot of the tropes that we complain about. Absolutely, yeah. That's the really true. Dory was weak, but the some of the meta information was strong. Yeah. I'll give that. And even like when he discovers the uh Smallfoot Smallfoots exist, Saka. <laughs> yeah. That that was a joke that actually made me laugh. When he discovered the SES and she's their leader like a weaker movie would be like what but you're a girl how are you the leader but mm-hmm. the story was what but you're the daughter of the stone keep like yeah surprised that she's the leader but the surprise isn't because isn't for sexism reasons yeah exactly <laughs> which a lot of movies play that kind mm-hmm. of reveal as a surprise for sexism yeah so that was nice yeah for sure So is it good? Is it seriously good? Despite me not personally enjoying it very much, I actually think it's pretty good. Like, this is what the difference between... We don't very often uh, come up against this difference between our objective assessment of the quality of the movie and our personal enjoyment of it. But mm-hmm. on this t- this one I am. That I can actually see that I think it's a pretty good movie. Oh, I'm glad. I thought I was going to have to convince you to rate it good. I mean, I don't know if it's like I think it's medium good, good, good but I think it's like medium good. Yeah. 
my enjoyment of it was pretty low, but my assessment, I can recognize that it's at least medium good. Mm-hmm. Um, so are we agreed on medium good? Medium good? Is it seriously good? <sighs> I go back and forth because... There are aspects of it that are seriously good, but then there's, like, this whole metaphor aspect of it just takes away from it. It was just so facile. Yeah, exactly. And, like, we complained recently about Christopher Robin for having a really facile ending. Mm-hmm. And this movie's ending is as facile. Yeah. Right? I feel like... It's kind of medium good on both counts. Like, I wouldn't rate it seriously bad. Seriously, medium seems even too bad for it. It's kind of medium good all around, is my assessment. What about you? I don't disagree with that. I don't think it's seriously good, and I don't think it's seriously bad. Mm -hmm. I might call it more seriously medium, but if you want to push it up to medium good, I won't argue. Because really just my complaint about it, seriously speaking, is really just that it was uh, naive and simplistic, which isn't bad. Mm-hmm. You know? So, seriously medium good. Okay. Medium good and seriously medium good. Perfect. What age do we recommend watch Smallfoot? Pretty young could watch this movie. There were some elements of uh, suspense I guess it technically is rated PG, which I was surprised at. Is it? Yes. Why? I do not know. Huh. Unless that might be the Canadian rating versus the, I don't know. Right. Um, There was one moment where when he get at the very end, when the Yeti gets shot with the dart Mm. and then gets chased, our daughter was upset with that. She felt she thought he was dead at one point and was very yeah. upset. Yeah. But that's no worse than like Beauty and the Beast or any other movie where that someone is dead for a few seconds and then it turns out they're fine. I'd so call it like six or seven and up. Yeah. I'd say four or five and up. Okay. So there you go. Five or six <laughs> and up then. All right. We'll split the difference between with <laughs> five or six and up. So, if you've seen Smallfoot, if you agree with Jan that this was an under-marketed, uh, underappreciated gem of a movie, or if you agree with me that, like, I like it on paper, <laughs> <laughs> you can let us both know. You can contact us on Twitter, at WTSCast. You can email us, waytoseriouslycast at gmail.com. You can find us on reddit and instagram and facebook um if you like this show please do rate and review it and if you want us to keep making shows and you want to be part of the group of supporters that make us that allow us to make shows you can join them at patreon.com slash clockworkscast is there anything else we say at this point of the show i don't think so I've been Paul Moffat. I've been Jan Moffat. And I won't lie, I have been mistaken for a Yeti in the past. (laughs) That is the honest truth. (laughs) You are a Sasquatch.